Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Always Aggravated, a Mike Valenti signature podcast. On this week's episode of Always Aggravated, we change gears a little bit. The holiday season in tow. And for many of us, instead of joy and peace and relaxation, it means stress. We get into the reasons why. I'll tell you who stresses me out when I watch a game and he's calling it. And as always, the power rank with my pet project coming in at number one this week. It's Always Aggravated. Let's get it. So at the time of this taping, it is uh, the week of Christmas, and and unfortunately, it's not all uh, bubble baths and low stress. It is a time where many people lose their minds, and I know, like for me, I have to stay away from the shopping mall. I will lose my mind, but the stress of the holidays, Roberto, you have another one of your award-winning lists for us to cover. Please, uh, indulge us all. Well, yeah, we were coming up with topics for this week. It's the number one topic in my life and my household is getting ready for the holidays. So I have a list that's twice as long as my kids' uh, presence list of Which is uh, saying a lot. things I have to do around the house before family comes over on Christmas. Now, first and foremost, do you have guests? Because that's the first mistake people make. Yeah, we will have some guests staying over. See, there's, okay. Oh. And that is starting this week. But that is the problem. <laughs> Why? I'm telling you right now, David, Why? to me, no one earns the right unless they are your children to come home and stay at your home. What about your parents? Your parents? New hotel. <laughs> My parents wouldn't even do it. My I parents see. would always go to a hotel. Who's staying at your Mi house? Mi casa su casa. No, nah, that's a lie. Everyone deserves their personal space at the holidays. I'll, I'll, whatever this list is, is fine. We'll go down it. No, but here's the I'm going to make you a new one. So the list is things you've got to do in preparation to host a holiday? Well, there's two. Well, this is a list of how to cope with these stresses. But the other list I'm talking about is my own personal list of things I have to do. So oh. I'm, at, I'm at Lowe's for hours yesterday. And, Why? You know. The hell brought I, you to Lowe's? I got, I got a whole list of things that need to be fixed around the house. So when people walk in the house, it looks very nice. What do you live in, a trap house? <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> what do you mean? A whole list of things that need to be fixed. We got holes in doors. <laughs> yeah, it's just little things, you know, just little, like paint touch-ups and put know, a new put roof new, on the house. Put some new right. caulk around they, the they, tub. He's and, got know, the rest right. of the year to have a home that he's proud of. He waits until the holidays <laughs> to do it all? <laughs> That's what I do. You're a scumbag. That's what you, you want are. to see my house in tip-top shape, this is the only time of year to do it. <laughs> Alright, so go ahead. Let me hear some of these. This is, your life is a disaster. Okay, now, so this first one applies to me greatly. The number one thing is I can't get it all done. The entertaining, shopping, travel, and other tasks that accompany the holidays can just feel like it's too much on top of your already packed schedule. Go ahead. Now, the second one on the list is saying, I can't afford this, which we talked about in a previous Christmas list on the podcast. <laughs> is, uh, you know, and they give you all these ideas to set up a budget and start, sh start shopping in September or even August. I can't do that. I'm busy. I just don't think it's that big of a deal. But the problem is you're weak. Now I'm in a mad dash to get all this stuff delivered <laughs> by Christmas. No, but you're, but you're busy, though. You could do it all in a week. How about you spread it out and start in August, September, something like that? How about this one? This isn't how I thought it would be. The holidays come packed with high expectations. 
Norman Rockwell and Martha Stewart have colored our visions of what holiday season should be. Oh, no. Making it difficult Mm -mm. to live up to the expectation. Here's what it is. And I have friends who go through this. I think anyone who's married goes through this. One person in the marriage is never going to be totally happy being at one location. Look, some mm-hmm. people hate their own parents. Most people don't like their in-laws, or you got the crazy drunk aunt, or you got the crazy wacko uncle, or you got the cousin who comes in all pilled up. You don't know what's going on. <laughs> I just, I think you are. You're setting this idea up that, oh, everyone's going to come together and enjoy the holiday spirit. Yeah, That's just not how people are designed. But then the problem is, it's like it's Christmas. I'm supposed to be happy, so why am I making so many sacrifices? That's the issue. Like, I've got friends who only see their families every other year because they moved away. They married someone from out there. i got a buddy in California going through that right now. Now, his parents are all pissed off because he can't come home for the holidays. You know, he has to do right by his wife. Mm -hmm. He's got to stay out there in California. And it's like, this is the holidays. This is supposed to be like this. So I will say that is absolutely true. The holidays are indeed a myth. Well, that leads us into the to the number four line here that says, I can't stand my family. <laughs> See, for me, this worked out okay, and I'll tell you why. A, all the old people died. B, I moved away. And C, I mean, look, my mom's sister lives in, like, well, where does she live? Kansas City. My dad doesn't talk to his brother or sister. A little falling out there. We'll <laughs> save that for a later episode, apparently. <laughs> the, the point is, there is no family. My family is so compact. I yeah, actually like the people that are left standing. Yeah, you've worked it out pretty well. It's well, you know what? It's like <laughs> it's like the Hunger Games. We just trim the fat. Now, it's yes. my mom, my dad, my sister, my brother-in-law. I hit the lottery with. He's fabulous, <laughs> and then my kid sister and a guy she's dating. Not bad. I got to be honest. I don't mind him. The last guy was a douche, but I like oh. this guy. <laughs> yeah, I remember you had to have a conversation with him before, oh, right? I did. No. I did. He was. He was. What did you have to tell him? No, I, being not, such a dude. We're not going. No, we're not going. <laughs> was do it more that. of just like a threatening, like, "Hey, no, you better be on no, your no. best behavior" type thing? No, no that's, that, you I, just had a brother conversation. That's I just, all right. I encouraged him to go his separate mm-hmm. ways and kind of give up. Like it's not. This isn't going to work out. Maybe you don't know it, but I know it. So why don't you get on down the road? You didn't tell him you have a hole in the desert. No, ready for him? that's the cliche. <laughs> you can't do. that. Well, no, but there's. You can't do that in 2018. Now you'll get sued. Yeah, right. right. You you'll, you'll get sued for damages yeah. because all of these these millennials <laughs> like my Sully. life. I'm going right to the. Cop. What did you say to my son? He said that you were going to mm-hmm. bury him in the desert. I said he was an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> well, that cost him yeah. to play Fortnite for 18 yeah. hours. Emotional that's not my distress. No, so like for me, it's it's a super small engagement, so it works. But like growing up, no, the holidays were a nightmare. We covered some of this in the Thanksgiving episode. It was huge. Uh, you had ninety cousins. All the old people lived forever. Nobody wanted to do anything, and all of it, all the cooking was on the host. It was asinine. Oh, oh that's asinine. That's my great. mom would oh. be my mom would be cooking three days in advance, or if it was if the event was hosted at someone else's house, it was always put on them. You can't do that. No, not what's good is that everyone is required to bring you know one or two dishes and then yeah, you know, you lay it all out. See, and, uh... I disagree with that though too. Oh here's no, the... that's the best way to do it. Right. No, here's the problem: most people can't cook their way out of a paper bag. Well, I that's don't have that issue, issue in my family. We yeah, have right. I don't cook. David, hold on. But so I you, hear you. You're not being truthful. I am. No, you're not. If I get, if I yeah, see, look at you. If I sat you down on a polygraph and I said, David, <laughs> are you satisfied with the level of food? That is brought by every individual at that party. You know the answer is no. I am satisfied with every dish that comes through the door. But the good thing is that there's so <laughs> much of it that, yeah, you, hey, you get your three, four things that you like, stuff that you don't really care for. Yeah. Yeah, See, this see. is the thing. Like, again, though, and like my wife and I talk about it all the time. It's like my family, it's easier because, A, we all cook. 
and B, there's not that many of us, right? But, like, you go over her family, there's no organization. Nobody knows what anybody's doing. And I, I'm not trying to be disrespectful, but some people just can't cook. It's just not it's yeah. not what they're meant to do. And, I, look, I don't think I'm getting myself in trouble. And some our, of her yeah, families admit they can't cook. And it's not their fault. They're just not used to um, putting on a event like that. Right. Or, or like, like organizing us? that. Dude, or you know. Christmas Eve, you notice for Italians. You know, like, we're, like, I've been to some things where, like, uh, it's 8 o'clock at night. Oh, should we start cooking dinner? Or? <laughs> oh, my God. No. <laughs> like, Christmas Eve is the Super Bowl of Italian eating, right? We This thing is planned out in October. Everybody knows what the deal is. Everybody knows, like, Christmas Eve morning, got to be there, and it's it's work. Like, you're in the kitchen, and you're going to put in, or you don't eat. It's not like one of these 1950s sitcoms where the, where the fathers <laughs> sit in the living room getting bombed talking about the ills of society. No, like, dude, you work. But there's a standard to uphold. This is the problem with the holidays, all of them. Unless you can cook. If you are stuck going to a person's house who can't cook, mm. the entire thing is miserable. People who can't cook shouldn't be allowed to touch a holiday with a 10-foot pole. That's a stress for me. Because it's not so much the people that bother me. It's like, wait a second. If I'm going to take holidays or some of the only days of the year you're truly happy, you mean to tell me I'm going to take all my time. I'm going to go to your house. I'm going to drive somewhere I don't really want to go. Because half of these people, they, they live in the, the, the boonies. <laughs> you, you, you're going to go out. You're going to drive out. And I'm going to come to your house. And I'm going to be nice. I'm probably going to bring you a bottle of wine or a bottle of booze, right? Classy. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to sit down, and you're going to feed me dog shit. That's unacceptable. Now, learn how to cook or have someone come <laughs> over and help you. This is unacceptable. What my wife does is with her family, she knows where everyone's A game is at. So she so knows she, the one dish that, that's right. what you, you know, do. We know but the, you're going to do that. But here's the so. problem, though, too. Then you're pigeonholed and you go, hey, it's year 17, a mom bringing the cheesy potatoes. Well, it's not that hard. Oh, that can never change. It's always the exact, <laughs> I've always said, it's always the exact recipe, the exact dishes every single time. See, what's funny in my family is it's like a blood sport. Like yeah. my mom Who doesn't outdo each Well, like my mom will do certain things better than me, yeah. but I do certain things better than her, and I got. Yeah. I'm gonna. I'm gonna have to drag it out of her dead, lifeless hands at some point. The most compliments while eating is the person wins. Whoever. The, oh, this is delicious. This is unbelievable. Hmm. <laughs> I'll ha- be honest. I'm the wrong guy to talk to. I stay very quiet oh. when it's an unsatisfactory oh. meal. I try to just. I try to eat just enough not to offend the person. That is, that is a bad thing. If you go to Christmas dinner, you leave hungry because the food was bad. Right. You just didn't eat. Right. You just said, you know, I'll pass on that, and you leave hungry. No, nah, <laughs> dude, and like I said, man, people who can't cook should never host the event, but yet they're the first ones who volunteer. They know they can put the minimum effort in and go, oh, well, I opened my home up. Oh, well, well boo fucking ho. Like, what does that mean? I opened my home up. Yeah, and you also opened up a can of tuna. That that's that's not how it works. Well, obviously that's not you know anybody that's going to do that. That's insane. No, I didn't mean it literally. I meant like, I but even know, like no, you said, home cooking is a it's a must. If you if you, you can't just go cook, buy something from the store and then bring it in. If you can't like, cook, you should not be allowed to host the event. That right. that has to I be want, the golden rule. I need rule. to see Pyrex dishes and homemade food. But no, we know plenty of people. I mean, we talk about every Thanksgiving, right? That order. Pre-made Thanksgiving food for a day. <laughs> there's plenty of people I think that do that. Yeah, I know. I know who scumbags. That's who. <laughs> I agree. Make it from scratch. I mean, Try, you just have to put a little love in it. <sighs> you, you know what cooking is? Cooking's effort. That's all it is. Yep. I love the people who go. Oh, I I can't cook. You know why? Because you're lazy mm-hmm. and you're ignorant. That's no, more of a societal thing than anything. People just. It's easier just to go pick up a pre-made. Uh, Thanksgiving or Christmas well, like, dinner. Great example, though, right? We could go out to dinner, right? So, like, I have the, the, our little Christmas party. 
I open up my home. <laughs> I don't ask you to bring uh, sandwiches. <laughs> no, I bust my ass and I yeah. cook a hell of a spread. Mm -hmm. And then it's all inclusive because it's effort because I care. If you're hosting a holiday and you know you can't cook, step aside. Period. That's it. But that's not the or, case for me. I love or, cooking. But you know why? Because you care. It's, people it's who say they can't cook to me. People who say they can't cook are bullshit artists. It means they don't want to try. To me, it's like painting. I mean, really, I get I, what? I, it's such a stress reliever for me as the cook. We're sitting in a room with Bob Ross. <laughs> yeah, I'm the Bob Ross <laughs> of cooking. Go ahead, go down the. And I know I went on a tangent, <laughs> but to me, holidays are about being together. The food, the food should outweigh anybody you don't want to deal with. And if the food isn't the centerpiece, yeah. along with the booze, who yeah. are we kidding? Some beautiful red wine at Christmas. If you go to a holiday and that food sucks, it's not a holiday yeah, at all. I stand true. by it. We well, yeah, just you know talking about the family stuff again. You know, it's it's supposed to be a you know a come together in peaceful, loving harmony, whether you like it or not. If your family's truly abusive, unpleasant, or unhealthy for you, know that you have the choice to decline spending time with them. <laughs> now, I, now this is interesting. I'm going to tell you something. I agree with that. But that is one of those societal expectations that people are afraid to go with. Like, where along the line does it say, you got to like your family? Or you got to yeah, always yeah. stand by and go, well, these people make me miserable. They are psychologically damaging both to me and my spouse and potentially my children. They are costing me money in order to go to their home and be annoyed. But yet society says you must say yes. I, yeah. I, I don't you, agree with if that. If you walk into my house on Christmas, you won't even recognize I'll be in the suit and tie and a bow tie. Come on in, everybody. <laughs> Bruce, how the hell are you? So, again, bullshit <laughs> artist. <laughs> Now, there's a flip side to this. Now, another thing on here says there's a flip side. This season can often be a time when the absence of family or social connections become highlighted, like you were talking about with your friend who is on the yeah. West Coast. So they try to say, use creative ways, email, video, Skype, you know, any way to keep in touch with families because that, that causes stress. But see, depression you, causes but, stress. But time out. See, none of you guys are qualified to talk about that. Well, what do you mean? My, my, my mom lives out of state. Yeah, but you don't like her. I I'm only kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Oh, my, my. No, but like, okay, time out. How long, how long, what is the longest you've ever been without family? Where you've been completely detached? Yeah, never a consequential amount of time. All right, I went 20 years. Yeah, I can't. Yeah, I can't speak no, on no, that. No, that's, that's not true. Now, though. but well, you would go back. You would see. You did not would, see them but, for 20 years. Well, hold on. Years. I, I only went home for one Thanksgiving in 15 years. No way. Yeah. Wow. Mainly because the bastards over the years that I worked for, <laughs> I couldn't get the Friday off or I had to work thanks. Dude, when you're when you're early in your career, there's no deference paid to you. I came down yeah. here, you're gonna work every Thanksgiving. Yep. No, you gotta be on the air to Friday after. Yeah, dude, fifteen years deep where I've been blessed enough to have a lot of success. Now I can go, Oh, yeah, yeah I'm gonna work Thanksgiving? Yeah, cram it up your ass. No, I'm not. It, it's different. But like Roberto, I went home for one uh, from college. I it was a great, honestly, it was, it was a great story. I don't know if this is even relevant, but well, that's like, a great story. Oh, that's a great story. So college, I got to go home for one and it was unbelievable because all my friends and like when you're a freshman and sophomore in college, like mm -hmm. you have a huge friend group, everybody, like my parents didn't have money. I didn't have money. All my friends did. It was like, go fund me before funding. They all raised like they bought me a plane ticket oh, home man, without awesome. me knowing. Wow! And that was kind of, that was a really emotional thing. So I flew home for that. But after sophomore year, I went home for one Thanksgiving between what was it ninety eight ninety nine and Jesus 
two, my parents came out here for a couple, like 2015. Wow. I just couldn't do it because the trade-off was, no, I'm always coming home for Christmas. Mm-hmm. Always. Christmas is... Di- it's hard It's hard to explain. It's not like I can put you guys in a box and say, hey, you know, come home for Christmas with me. What, and not see our family? No, it's just, for me, it, it is it is a very, very special time of the year. And, like, Christmas Eve is bigger than Christmas for us. But, yeah, I mean, dude, you don't get to go home. It, it messes with you. But, see, I didn't have all those cool things. Like, dude, my... my Skype like, and... Yeah, college, yeah. you had a... I had yeah, a, a phone, telephone. I had a phone card. <laughs> yeah, I didn't see my like. I mean, that was one of the big things that messed me up for a while in my twenties. Was like I felt like I had a kid sister who I missed her growing up. You know, like yeah. my youngest sister, I just wasn't there, and I had my middle sister, I wasn't there. I, you know, you go six, seven months without seeing your your family's face. I do. I think it messes with you. At least now, there's video. What is it? FaceTiming. FaceTime. It's funny though. It's like you, it, how how different it is. You know, even when my sister went out to college and like. Like when I would when I would come home and I would leave, it would be really really hard. Mm-hmm. But like when she was in school, like she could call me whenever she could see me whenever. It wasn't a big deal. It shows you how technology changes. Yeah. Like, no, I'm telling you, when you're away from your family for a long time, that is a huge stressor. I would be in bad moods for an entire holiday. Mm-hmm. Uh, guilty as charged. A way that I, I mean. A way that they say you can cope with that is volunteer Boots. in a local soup kitchen or pantry or just help distribute gifts to needy children. Some way to, you know, get involved with other people that's instead a, of just brewing in your anger. That's a great thing to do. <laughs> so but Manhattan. Does, that does not relieve your stress of not seeing yeah. your family. It yeah. just doesn't. Yeah, Mike was sitting at a bar. Yeah. I just, yeah. Hey, listen, I'm super bummed out. I'm missing Thanksgiving again, and my sister's crying on the phone because she's six years old and doesn't get uh-huh. why Mike can't come home. No. Uh, yes, let me go serve gruel to homeless people. Uh, no. It doesn't help. I'll have a double. It doesn't. Now, another thing on this list that stresses people out, and I think this is probably with all of us in the room, is that there's there's too many parties. You got multiple work parties. You got, you know. Ah. You know, you're getting stretched very thin during the holidays. But the solution is simple, Moan Frere. No is a choice. <laughs> no is not a for choice. Sully, it's not. No, well, a lot of people. <laughs> that's only the company party. That is not a no. A lot of people don't believe that no is an option, and that's where they, they have a flawed thought process. No is a choice with weddings. No is a choice it for is. holiday parties. It is. No is a choice for birthday parties. No is a choice for bachelor parties, bachelorette parties. No is a choice. Yep. Hey, would you like to do dinner next Friday? No. I'm busy. I use the no a lot. No, I, I mean, that's... Yeah. No, but people don't view no as an option. Right. That's on them. The last one is just... It's, they're just saying it's just too much. If you, if you find that you just can't cope with your anxiety or sadness, be sure to get the help you need. The holidays can be a very difficult time, even that to the point where you might have to f- seek mental health... Oh, my God. Care. What? Yes. What? How could it be so stressful you'd be <laughs> driven to that? This is the time to make resolutions for the new year, and now is the perfect time to address any issues with anxiety or depression that have been plaguing you. See, the anxiety I can I can identify with because when I am around people that do things that annoy me, and, and whether they know it or not, I can only take so much of the annoyance <laughs> before I have to find a quiet place. Like, I have to leave. Well, that's why these, like, nine-hour get-togethers are really brutal. taxing. Absolutely man. brutal. You know, I would love to put a time stamp and say, I, I can do three. I can do three hours. But the problem, too, is when people linger. Yeah. People don't take social cues very well. Yeah. They think the holiday extends into the Jimmy Fallon show, like the late-night portion <laughs> of the evening. It's like, no, it's okay to leave. Yes.
I, let, let me add a few of these. Because there's a couple of stressors you didn't mention that I, that I think are legitimate. One, number one with a bullet. Any and all trips to shopping centers. No, that is one on here, actually, that I, I passed through because it's just, you know, we all know that. Yeah, but, but, but no, we don't know it because we keep doing it. Now, I've gotten it down to a science where I can do everything without human engagement. I can do everything <laughs> online. That's Thank impressive. God. Oh, David, David, wow. you know what? I got to be honest with you. Uh -huh. A, I start early. I have oh. good ideas. Mm. And then it's just an attack plan. Now, here's the other thing. I do not hesitate that if I'm running a little late, I'm going to pay the extra seven bucks for that two, day, two business mm -hmm. day routine. But... Mm -hmm. I honestly will alter the type of gift I'm getting for someone rather if it's going to cause me to go out to go get it. Now, I, I will still wow. – uh, David, let me, let, let me tell you this, and I'm not going to say the name of the place. I'm not in the business of giving free plugs, but uh -huh. anyone listening anywhere in the country, you imagine your biggest and baddest and best shopping center right now. Mm -hmm. You doubt the words that are coming out of my mouth. Put your narrow ass in your car, and why don't you – don't even go in tonight. <laughs> Just go up and try to navigate that parking lot and then tell me I'm wrong. The week of Christmas. How about this weekend? I'm checking my orders right now. Yes. <laughs> Roberto's anxiety is off the charts. You Please say it's coming before Christmas. You go you go to that parking lot this weekend, it's gonna be like Mad Max Thunderdome. See, but that's I've I've loved that part of shopping though. What? I've always been that type of shopper. Even as a teenager, I still do it today. The last weekend before Christmas shopping. I love that stress. Wow. I love all the people. You're insane. I, I, I love, love that people. part of the holiday. I'll go this weekend. You know, you know what I things. want? I'll tell you what I I want I want Roberto to I want Roberto to mic you up and I'm going to make that a, and you're you're a man on this show who's famous for you do not curse you do I not sure use don't. foul language in your vernacular and I respect <laughs> that my point is you are bullshitting if you aren't going to drop a few choice words no when you go this never weekend. do I, I love that time of year to shop. I'd rather be launched out of a cannon then end up at a shopping center this weekend. See, what happens, though, is this one might be a little bit more stressful because it is a weekend. Sometimes Christmas Eve or the 23rd falls on a Monday and anytime, it's not a lot of people. Anytime past December 1st on any night is hell. I love it. Going on a weekend, you're asking you're asking to die. Oh, I love fighting for a parking spot, getting in there. Oh, a lot no. of people. That's, now yeah, that's I love driving one. around the parking lot for 35 minutes. That's stress number one. I'll give yeah. you number two. And this one may sound petty, but so be it. I know my limitations. Wrapping all these goddamn gifts that you buy. Now, I love buying gifts. I don't like getting them. I'm famous for it. I hate it. Like, I physically will get angry when people buy me things. When I tell them, <laughs> like, I tell my parents or I tell my wife, look, I don't need anything. I'm good. Do not buy me anything this oh, year. But you Please, need God. something to open, Mike. <laughs> yeah, it's what I bought two weeks ago for myself. Myself, right. Right. I'll do, I, I self shop. My point is wrapping these gifts. Hmm. I'm not good at it. And no matter how I try, I mean, there have been years I, I would sit down and you're like, okay, I'm going to psych up for this. I'm going to pour myself a cocktail. I'm going to put on some Christmas music. I'm going to relax. I'm going to take my time. I'm seven minutes into it and I'm ready to set fire to what I bought. <laughs> I can't get the wrapping paper even. Yeah, awesome. I can't the get tape, the like, tapes all right. messed up. Well, the tapes messed up. You're on the floor. Now all of a sudden yeah. you're contorting your back. <laughs> you're you're going to have a calf pull. You're trying to use the scissors to cut the paper. I like where I didn't like I didn't measure correctly. Now I don't have enough. Right. Uh, so then you got to crumple you can all still that see up. What the present is because I don't have enough wrapping paper. But the other this. thing is, and this is where like. I'm too proud to pay someone to wrap gifts for me because I feel like it's not natural. There you go. But like on the side, like my mom and dad would wrap gifts and they were perfect. The little triangles and the tape. 
And they would do it so well, you couldn't open it with your grubby little kid hands. You couldn't even do it. You'd have to bite it. But like, <laughs> and I feel terrible because there have been Christmases where I've bought very nice gifts for people mm -hmm. and, they, and they just don't look right. So then what I end up doing is finding a way to bribe my wife. And I go, babe, look, what do I got to do to get you to wrap all these gifts that ain't for you <laughs> and save me the time? Now, she's great about it. Mm -hmm. But then it still leaves me with the problem of wrapping her stuff. See, I'm a perfectionist, so I have no problem with wrapping myself. No. But it's become more of a thing now that I have the kids. I don't want to wrap all of that, so I just take it somewhere. That's where you're missing it. You go to the shopping center. You have someone in the middle of that mall wrap all your gifts. You shop. Get some more stuff, come back, bring you know it in and wrap that. Well, I'm, I'm guilty. Now. I've been I'm, using those bags. Gift bags to me are, are like No, heaven. gift bags are a that, cop. That's lazy. I, love that. I, just put no, the, the, I just put the tissue paper all right, in there. The, 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 gift bag, the gift bag is the gift card of the wrapping. <laughs> yes, it is. Like if you give somebody a gift card, it means you don't like them. But you got to buy them something because of social pressure. Oh, I, yeah. so I had no idea about Here's this. a gift card. It may as well say, here's $25 towards shit that you want because I don't like you enough to buy it. <laughs> That's, dude, the gift card is lame as hell. You can't do that. My grandma used to save the wrapping papers. You'd have to open it do very it. delicately. And nope, then they, she it. would save it for do the it. next year. I'm going to make fun of my grandmother. Go. Hold on now. Now, t time out. You you've got one you're not being totally honest about because I know you said it painted one of your family members as a being cheap and b possibly insane. <laughs> what I didn't tell you in our pre-show meeting is I too have a family member like that. Well, I did. She's dead now. Oh. But go, go, go ahead, share this, and then I'm going to make you feel good about yourself. Just like the episode where you talked about almost shitting your pants in your car. I'm going to back you up on this too. About the wrapping paper. Yeah, do it right now. So you'd have to open the presents really carefully. Don't tear it open because we're going to save that wrapping paper for next year. You got a nice big piece there. She'd fold it up real nice and you could use it again. All right, so my dad's mom, my grandma Mitzi. Ah, Mitzi, yeah. that was Mary Jane, I See believe. That? I don't even know my grandmother's name. What a, what a, what a louse I am. Here's my point. So if you can picture all the kids, right? Because like Italian families, we're, we're like cockroaches. We multiply. Everyone has 7,000 kids, the old generation. But we would all be together on, let's say, Christmas Eve. Christmas Eve, all the kids got to open their presents. What, and they were all named Michael, Peter, Paul. It would be Paul, Vince, Anthony, <laughs> Peter. So, so Mark. Yeah. So here, you have all. You, it, my, my grandparents lived in a pretty small house, right? But you have like thirty people there. Twelve of them are kids. So then there's this grandiose operation where you open the gifts, youngest to oldest. But here was the problem: Mitzi wasn't having it. She didn't care about your joy as a child. <laughs> she didn't care you were excited to open your presents. No, 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 no. All she cared about was that you didn't destroy that wrapping paper that she used from last year to try to wrap it for next year. She, she probably used the same wrapping paper on gifts for some of, of the kids in our family, 88 to 93. <laughs> oh. But the best part, now here's the best part. She would go scurrying for the bows, the ribbons, yes, yes, the whole deal. Too. Yep, here's yep. here's Mitzi under the tree. You think she's grabbing a present for for uh, yeah. you know little little Johnny? Don't throw River? those bows out. No, no, my Michael, oh. Michael, that, no, save that <laughs> ribbon. I'm, I'm eight years old, dude. And it's when Roberto told me the story, it gave me the chills because it was oh. one of the worst things. You'd have to sit there. And you'd have massive anxiety waiting to open your presents. <laughs> right. Then it's your time to shine, and the whole family's looking at you, and you got to put on this dog and pony show, even if it's a shitty gift. you got to put on a dog. I love it! 
You know what reminds me of that time too? I don't know if, if you guys still do this or remember as a kid, like the very all the colored bulbs on the Christmas tree. Now everyone just does white and like like at my house, my wife has a theme where all the bulbs are red, the the lights Silver, are white, yeah. right, or whatever. Like I remember, like when I was a kid, the, it would be all colors of green, yes. and red, and blue and orange. It was nuts. Yeah, you know what my mom had as a kid? The bubble lights. Oh, yeah. the big ones. They yeah, had the ones that yeah. caused people's houses to burn down. <laughs> yeah. How about that? Wow. But They're no, like it's painted. But no, like she would scurry for this wrapping paper and she would collect it. <sighs> and it was like everybody hated it, but you couldn't say you hated her because she's the matriarch of the family. <laughs> but she was still a pain in the ass. But it's yep. like this is taking away from everyone's fun. This that's what I mean. That's the stuff. Well, at least she wasn't wrapping up her cat or a jello mold like in one of our favorite movies. Listen, I'm, I'm telling you. I'm telling you. You got to tell you. It's that one when you said it, it made the hair on my arm stand up. I hated it. All right, a quick break just to talk about our launch sponsor. It's the D Las Vegas. You're looking to get away, relax, have a good time. D Las Vegas has everything you need. I mean, hell, we're there every March for March Madness. And as I've said before, there ain't no better setup. On the strip, off the strip, it don't matter. Go to the D, go to that chalet upstairs, and ain't nothing better. Bottom line, next time you go to Vegas, check out the D.com. Completely renovated. Downtown is not what you remember. Hell of a lot of new places. It's, it's a damn good time. There's really no other way to put it. And again, the D has everything you need. You're not going to spend a ton of money on the room. Take that money and go do fun things with it. Do what Sully does. Make a bunch of losing basketball bets. Or, well, or... For Sully, fall asleep on the horse racing machine on the second floor vintage casino. The bottom line, the D's got it all. They got the sports book. They got the long bar. They got it all. Check it out. The D.com to book your stay today. It's the D.com, the D Las Vegas. And as you know, it is your home for Detroit sports in Vegas. So I want to give you a, a few words or probably a couple thousand on someone that I I don't understand, and and Sully, I want you to join me with this because yeah. I don't understand how anyone, forget about likes, but even tolerates Tony Romo doing a game. And this weekend, we saw Romo do Patriots and Steelers, which was you know a game we all looked forward to. Now, look, Romo's bad. I'm sorry. And whatever you thought of his debut over a year ago, it's gotten to a point now where like I look at this dude— and I'm listening, and I, I just I, I want to set fire to my television. I can't stand them. And I know you liked them at the beginning, but Mike, this game this weekend, you watched, correct? Yep. All right. So this game this weekend was like the end. Like, Tony Romo has got to be let go. Now, is it like, worse than just the moaning that you hate that we joke about? Is it, It's listen. far more than just that. Yeah, but, all right, so hold on. You got, you got to go through this because I, it's not like – like, certain announcers have pet phrases that may drive you nuts. Like, whether you grew up with it, whether it's college or pro, all announcers have pet phrases. And, and I get that can drive you nuts. With, mm -hmm. with Romo, it's a general disposition where he sounds, he sounds like an overexcited little kid <laughs> who at the same time he's watching a football game is trying to hold himself from shitting himself. Like, it's awful. <laughs> Like, like, okay, an example, okay? Like, I don't understand, like, this guy, the, the punt play, you know the one I'm talking about, the Pats come out on fourth and one midfield, 
Mm-hmm. You think they're going to go for it into the first half. They don't. They run the offense off the field. They run the defense, the, the special teams on the field. Yeah. You would have thought the Patriots reinvented the wheel the way Romo treated him. Right. Oh, Jim. Ooh. 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 Ah, ooh. ooh. Yeah. And it's like. A little, a little much. Oh, no, no. And, and again, he goes, ooh, genius. Ooh. And I'm like, genius. All Pittsburgh's got to do is call a timeout. What are you talking about? Like. His, the, the whole presentation of it drives me insane. But then, like, like later in the game, multiple times, your job as the color analyst is to give opinions. This guy is like no shit Sherlock. He, he comes out, and, and the Patriots, it's a third and eight. Oh, Jim, ooh, anything could be coming here. Ooh, <laughs> and I'm like. And, he, and it gets to a point, too, where he's stepping over Jim Nance. Well, Nance wants to kill him. Like, there's just no doubt in my mind. You don't mind. think they like each other? Nance wants to hit him with a brick and dump him in a swimming pool. <laughs> there's no doubt about it. You can hear—I mean, look, I think Jim Nance is a pro, and some people don't like him. Some people think he's arrogant Golden all that. voice. I like Jim Nance, okay? I'm good with Nance doing games. I'm happy about it. You can tell Nance wants him dead. Like, yeah. how did I get stuck with this dude who's just—it's almost like the dude's Adderalled out of his mind. Like, I don't know what is up— I can't handle it. What do you mean anything could be coming here? No shit, Tony. It's third and nine. Everybody knows Belichick does some exotic stuff. Now, are you going to decipher, are you going to discern what you think is going to happen? Or are you just going to tell us the football equivalent of tits are fun? Be excited about it. But that's the thing, though. When he first started out, everyone loved the fact that, oh, he's predicting the play beforehand. Look, he's going to tell you what's happening. And now it's just—it's even gotten to a point now where it's just more of him moaning and, and laughing and How being about the giddy Edelman about drop? everything. They'll go to the replay and they go, "Tony, what do you see here?" And Edelman downfield. Ooh, let me see, Jim. Ooh, there <laughs> it is. Ooh, ah, oh. And I'm like, dude, he dropped the ball. Like you've seen the replay three times now. Ball bounce off Edelman's chest to ground. Yeah. You're gonna tell us that? No. Instead, he sounds like he's at the uh, the Thai massage joint. <laughs> I, I thought just, that was just Roberto. Uh, well, he's not here to defend himself. I guess my point is this, and 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 Romo represents the worst of our business, which is, you know athletes that retire are going to be guaranteed jobs. I can't change oh, that. All the time now. The average American wants to hear from athletes. Why? I don't know, because many of them can't form sentences. My point is this. Troy Aikman has become one of the best in the business. But when Troy Aikman wanted to break into the business— Aikman took it upon himself. He was sent to Europe right. to do NFL Europe games to learn the job. Guys like Romo are handed a gig, and then, boom, you're doing not the D game, the C game, the B game. You're doing the national game of the week, and you've done no work to earn it. Yeah, the second he retired, he, was, he got Same that. thing with Jason Witten. I just, if you want to say that that's resentment, fine. I'm just a believer. Anyone has an opportunity to attain any job. You got to be willing to work to earn certain jobs. If you want to sit next to Jim Nance, you better work and you better be good. And Romo's a guy you can tell has never broadcasted games in his life. You can tell he did no work, no lead up, no no training, no reps, and he's doing the game of the week. And I got to tell you, I think right now he's a character. He's a cartoon. Mm-hmm. Way on camera, he's terrible. 
Now, uh, and I know people make fun of it, but I'm a huge fan of the Collinsworth slide in right oh, now. Michael's the best. lap every single week. Yeah, I love but it. Collinsworth's a guy that's a former athlete who has been pretty good on TV. He has, but remember that came over the course of 30 years. He started doing yep. regional games, old NBC. You work. If Tony wanted to be on the D game with Charles Davis or the the D game with Rondé Barber or Brady Quinn, that's different. Yep. Romo was this anointed one, and now you watch him, and I think he's a clown. No, and I think it, his former teammate Jason Witten's not much better oh, that, at all. That that's broke, a separate that discussion. But on Monday night is an absolute disaster. And they've been getting killed this year. Well, they should. Tessator screaming for four-yard runs. You got Booger up in a construction yeah. lift. You <laughs> Blocking got Witten. people's views. Witten's as dry as fiberglass. But Romo and the sound effects, and they're like, Tony, what do you see here on this replay? And, and it's it's like a baby blowing its diaper. Mm-hmm. That's not good. Where is that quality? Like, where along the line was this the best we could find? And I, I'll be honest. I know I watch too much football. I, I, that's partly my job, and it's partly what I enjoy. But, man, I, 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 Joe Buck takes a lot of grief. And justified or not, like that's the guy that people go after. I truly think that Tony Romo's the single worst broadcaster, whether play by play or color in football. I can't say sports in football. Mm-hmm. And yet here he is every week with this goofy look on his face, like like he just farted and thinks you can't <laughs> smell it. And then the game goes on, and Nance is a pro. That's a vet. That's a guy who does Super Bowls. That's a guy who does the Masters. Yes. That's a guy who's done Final Fours. That is the voice, right? That's the, the the guy. And here you pair him with this mimbo, a male bimbo. Tony Romo provides nothing. In fact, he's annoying. He takes away from the broadcast. And then when you ask him for his opinion, ooh, uh, ooh, and it's like... Just well, enough. And the thing is, too, I mean, I thought that it's kind of like the classic line, don't fix something that's not broke. I thought that Phil Simms did a good job with, with Jim Nance. Well, Romo, just to me, it's like a dude who's been at a pool party too long, and then they just airlift him into the booth, and Nance is like, how did I get paired with this guy? How is this where my career has landed me? And when you when you watch this game, and you have to sort through it, and they're like, all right, Tony, what's going on here? He's talking over Nance, the sound effects. Dude, Madden would throw an occasional whap or a pow or like a Batman sound effect, right? He would draw on your screen. That's one thing. With Romo, we're talking four to six, six to eight seconds of drawn out exasperation. Ooh, ah, ooh, Jim, let me, ooh, there, well, there's the ball. Ooh, ah, oh, and then you're waiting and you're like, okay, well, after he's done with this, is he going to tell me if he thinks it's a catch? Nope. He just trails off. I wonder if he's been talked to about that at all. I'm no. sure he hasn't, no. but you no. think that those teams, they have so many producers on those broadcast teams, so many executives. You'd think he'd be getting some sort of feedback to clean that stuff up a little bit with the moaning, groaning all the time. I don't get it. But like I said, the next time you sit down and and you know Romo's on your game, I want you to start paying attention to the amount of empty noise, okay? Like, Tessator is getting himself in trouble on Monday Night Football because he's getting too excited for plays that aren't exciting, right? But that's short little bursts. This is not even a guy calling the game. This is the color analyst. When you watch, start to be cognizant of the amount of wasted 
noise or noise that doesn't end in any form of information, opinion or comedy. And then you will see my point. Hey, Tony, let's go to the replay. Do you think he got the first down? Well, Jim, hear it. Ooh. <clears throat> you see his knee? I, mm, I don't know. Boom, Dean Blandino. <laughs> well, he's a, Dean Blandino's another guy. Not, I can't not, stand. Not, you get my point, not Blandino, but like he trails off yeah. and then doesn't even deliver on the opinion. I mean, he was hired right after he left, uh, left the Cowboys. CBS paid him a ton of money, but that's a guy who... He's a name. You know what? That's what people mm. love. They love names. Look at look at Jason Witten now being hired. Look at Tony Gonzalez, how much he's on TV now. Tony Romo, Vick. certainly. How's Michael Mike Vick on Vick. television? That's All these former names they love, just putting them in front of the camera and on I'm TV. And I'm fine. Hey, if you're an ex-athlete and, and you get handed a job, it's one thing. But then you have to make the choice whether you're going to work at it and whether you want to be great and whether you want to earn your keep in this line of work. That's yep. the problem I have is it's somehow like our business is treated as the athlete playland where they don't have to watch games, they don't have to do anything, and they just show up and make a bunch of noises. Mm-hmm. And it's like, no, there are plenty of ex-athletes who have gone on to have great careers in the broadcast booth, Boomer Sison being one. I think Nate Burleson's developing as a studio guy. He's a guy that's been getting a lot of praise the past couple of weeks. Burleson. Boomer, oh, Burleson. Look, Burleson's gotten very good in a studio capacity, yep. okay? But as far as doing color analysis, that's a tough deal. But Herb Street was an athlete. He made the transition, right? Mm-hmm. You've seen it. You know, Madden or Deerdor- Dan Deerdorf in his prime was fabulous. Not so much anymore. <laughs> but he was fabulous doing NFL games, okay? Collinsworth. It can be done. Aikman is the example I use because Aikman was a – he's a Hall of Famer. He was a legendary quarterback. You play for the Cowboys, you win Super Bowls, you're a legend. I don't want to get hung up in, in, in semantics. My point is, he had to go and call a defunct football league game to get reps. He had to work at it. Where along the line did we lose that? And now, not only is Romo gifted a gig, but he's on the game. And frankly, every week, I think he goes a long way in ruining it. Mm-hmm. I'm just being straight up with you. And we can critique guys. We don't like certain phrases. We don't like certain crutches. We don't like certain biases that are either perceived or real. This is different. This is a guy who, simply put, is not qualified for this space. No, Mike, it's not funny because I could come up with 20 people that are currently doing NFL games on television. I would pick ahead of Romo. Romo is sitting in the most... Well, what's the phrase? Uh, what's the phrase in our business? The the power chair. Like he's in that seat next to Nance, which is a lifetime gig. It's an iconic gig, and to me, he's got no qualifications. He's shown no sign of getting better, and and he takes away from the one game a week we should all really enjoy. Well, it's funny just because he was gifted that gig. You know, he didn't really have to do anything. He just had to be his name. And I sure, I guess, you know, good looking guy. They want him, oh, want him after he ball, retires. Jim, but... Look at it. Ooh, mm, I don't know. It's going to be close. No shit, Sherlock. I liked him at first, but now I've, I've kind of gotten old. You've the, turned. The, the moaning's kind of gotten old. You've turned. But the other thing I'll point out, too, with, okay, even if you want to say, hey, he does a good job with predicting the plays and, uh, hey, he can kind of call some stuff out because he was a former quarterback. I wonder when that wears off a little bit. If he's not putting the prep in, he can't just, he's at some point, and there's been people that have talked about this in the media, at some point he's going to be far enough detached from the league, not a couple of years, where that stuff's going to even fade off too. No, I think, look, part of it is, as a color analyst, you need to be somewhat entertaining. But 
What people want now is information. They want the ability to understand the game. They want you to be able to take a very complex sport, which is chess on grass with generally unmitigated violence, and spell it out for us. And Romo doesn't really do that. He just sounds like a speaking spell. He's terrible. Look, Collinsworth, you could say whatever you want. I know some people have issues because of his involvement with pro football focus, et cetera, whatever. That's fine. But can Collinsworth spell the game out? Can you at least get a better understanding of the game than if you had it on mute? The answer is yes. With Romo, I could turn him off. He honestly could call in sick. There'd be no difference to me. Because now he's not really predicting plays that much anymore. He's turning into this. He's turning into something that I don't think there's any appetite for. I think it's embarrassing. And I just, I, I needed to get it off my chest because I thought Patriots and Steelers was absolutely the low point for Romo. And it's. America has to see it. I don't think Jim Nance will be giving him his tie anytime soon, right? The That's tie means a lot to me. If you don't know what we're joking about, you, you've, you've really missed out. It was Nance, every Final Four. Cringeworthy. Cringeworthy. Hands his worn, likely sweaty <laughs> necktie from the broadcast to the tournament's most outstanding player. So it's like if you can imagine Dante DiVincenzo just playing the game of his life, and here comes this borderline creepy broadcast legend coming up to you and saying, Dante, unbelievable game, Jim Nance, CBS. I'd like to give you this tie to signify you busting Michigan's ass. Get over yourself. First of all, the kid would rather have a gift card to a coffee shop. Why... Why, I would never accept a tie from another man. No. He pulls it off. You know he's worn it since about 8 a.m. since he was in the makeup chair. It's got to be sweaty, stinky. What am I supposed That's to do so with this? weird. Wear this to graduation? If you won't know about the Jim Nance tie moment, you need to go look at that. But then he, he started talking about how he does it. He goes, yeah, you know, every single time I do the Masters or some other event, there's always a father and son who come up to me and want to talk, and I always give the, the young lad my tie. Oh, thank you, Pontus. Like, he, he's always doing this, apparently. I give my necktie out to an eight-year-old, because <laughs> that's right in his wheelhouse. Meanwhile, the eight-year-old is like, Dad, can we stop talking to this weirdo? I want a hot dog. Right. Right. I, I don't I, go look up the Nance stuff. That could be a separate segment on its own. But I had to get that off my chest with Romo. Winners here, and that means energy bills are rising. You can reduce your power bill with help from Power Home Solar, the number one residential solar provider in Michigan and one of the top solar installation companies in the entire USA. Power Homes installs American-made panels with a 30-year warranty. It allows you to own your power not just continually rent it from a power company. As an official partner of the Detroit Lions, the company installed solar panels at Ford Field and the Allen Park facility earlier this year and seeks to continue building a movement towards cleaner, greener energy by seeing if solar is right for your home. Go to powerhome.com. That's powerhome.com. Or you can give them a call, 1-800-SOLAR-15. That's 1-800-SOLAR-15. Solar 15 to schedule your free solar consultation today. Don't rent your power. Own it with help from Power Home. Weekly power rank time, and you know the drill. I'll go five to one, major shakeup, and I, I, uh, I got to be honest, I, I can't help it. I'm very, very excited that a team that I was backing all year long, a team that I stuck with after an embarrassing loss, I've taken some heat for it is now number one in the rankings. But let's start at number five. I've got the Rams. And I think the Rams' problems are very, very real. I mean, first things first. 
We all get obsessed with the stars, and we should. Their talent is unbelievable. But you know what the Rams don't have? They don't have depth. And you're seeing it with some injuries on the O-line. You are seeing teams adjust. The last three weeks, you've seen teams begin to play more off cover. Let the Rams run it. Take away the play action. Take away the deep shots. Take away the deep crossing routes. And what you've gotten now is Jared Goff, uncomfortable, not able to cut it loose, not able to create the space he wants. I also think the injury to Cooper Cup is massive. I think it's taken away his pet receiver. And now you're finding out what Jared Goff looks like when he can't play action pass to the tune of 35% of the time. Now look, the Rams have to recalibrate. I'm not saying they can't. But they've got to line up and run the ball. If teams are going to give you Todd Gurley, if teams are going to give you um, looks and fronts where you have to run it, then they're going to have to do it. But here's the problem. That's not who they are. That fits into a mold where the NFL isn't really comfortable right now. Or what? You're going to go 15 plays? Goff, one touchdown and seven picks, I think, his last three games. I mean, you're seeing a change. And I think now, for the first time in McVay's tenure, He's really going to be put to the test because part of the success in the NFL is punching, but then it's when the league catches up to you and when the league starts screwing with you, how do you counterpunch? And McVay's at that point, he said it in the press conference. Well, now, a couple tune-up games for the playoffs, and then it's on. That's it. And what I've seen the last three weeks, they have not had a good counterpunch for this, and, and namely their quarterback missing a lot of throws, not getting the windows he was once getting, and maybe you're starting to see more of who he is but the Rams are five at four I'm gonna take a risk here and I don't love the quarterback but you gotta give it up I think the Bears are at four you got the head-to-head win over the Rams they took care of business against Rodgers in Green Bay they win the NFC North the defense is the defense they are opportunistic they are ball hawks you know what the pass rush is going to be generally only rushing four you know what you're getting with Khalil Mack that's fine offensively This comes down to whether Nagy can scheme success for Trubisky. Trubisky is not the type of quarterback that is going to be able to drop back and do it. We just talked about Goff. McVay had basically gotten Goff into the MVP conversation at one point. And I I never believed it. I thought Goff had been good, but I was never willing to put him in the, the Mahomes category or the Breeze category. With the Bears, it's much the same. Nagy is a brilliant offensive mind, and he is scheme Trubisky to success. What Trubisky has that Goff doesn't is the high-end, elite-level mobility to where you can translate extending plays into rushing offense. And look, Nagy and the Bears have done that this year. Their running game has fallen way short, and it's been Trubisky's feet that have kept the numbers where they need to be. But that defense, nobody wants to face it. On any given week, they absolutely can shut a team down. And offensively, with Nagy and Trubisky, they can put the pieces together to maybe make a run here. I'm not super confident about it, especially if the Bears are away from home and especially if it has to be with Trubisky's on. But I'll put them at four. Three, I've got the Chiefs. Now, I've said this. I'll I'll continue to say it. I think their Super Bowl chance ended when they lost Kareem Hunt. They are not the same football team. And all the window dressing, right, with Kelsey and Tyreek Hill, uh, Sammy Watkins went healthy, although he's banged up now, Mahomes, all of the things we fall in love with. The glue to it 
was having almost Le'Veon Bell light in Kareem Hunt. A three-down back, a guy adept in the passing game, physical in the running game, had a knack for making big, big plays, chunk plays. Losing him, they are not the same team. And you've seen it on the football field. You've also seen how teams are going to attack them. And it's simple. That chief defense, if they don't find a way to at least be semi-embarrassing and not wholly embarrassing, I do not have faith that they are going to take down my number one team in a winner-take-all playoff game. Because that team, that team's got a defense. We'll get to it. But the Chiefs for me are at three. It wouldn't shock me if they went to the Super Bowl. But no Kareem Hunt. That aura of invincibility has gone for me. Two, Saints. I will keep them there, not because I like the way they're playing. And that win over Carolina was ugly. It was sloppy. The win over Tampa Bay was ugly and sloppy. The loss to Dallas was just ugly. The aura of invincibility is gone. Now, the Saints defense can dial up. They allow big numbers through the air, but they've got playmakers. Offensively, the Saints have just lost a lot of their sizzle. And I think what teams are able to do now is they just take Michael Thomas away. They'll just take him away because the rest of the receivers are really not much to shake a stick at. Kamara's Kamara, but for some reason this team is, I don't know, it's it's not as easy to take Kamara away. And I I know Dallas did did a great job with it, but... The Saints better figure it out. The Saints are a better version of the Rams. Better depth, better line, better quarterback. But the Saints are in the same spot. They've got a counterpunch here because the recipe is out. And if the Bears... Look, A, as long as the Saints stay in the Dome, they're good. Career playoffs, Drew Brees in the Dome. Sully will have to fact check. I think they're 5-0. If they're in the Mercedes-Benz Dome, they're in. If they're not... I could absolutely see him getting picked off. But the Saints will be two. But they have, really, they've got moves they've got to make. And number one, this gets me all warm and tingly inside. I know they don't play in San Diego anymore, but they are the Superchargers. I have loved this team since the preseason. Uh, I love Phil Rivers. He runs like a guy who's got to take a shit. He's, he's got no arm strength anymore. He sweats profusely from the first play of the game. But I'll be damned. Uh, he's just a winner. I'm happy for him. I'm, I'm, yes, I am rooting for Phillip Rivers to get a Super Bowl. Um, I think he's better than Eli Manning. I think he's every bit as good as Ben Roethlisberger. And he doesn't have a ring. The Chargers uh, as a team, that's a really well-put-together football team. They're getting Melvin Gordon back. They're getting Austin Eckler back. Um but Hunter Henry is back at practice now, and they've got 21 days, or now what time of taping? I think it'd be 20 days to decide whether they're going to play him or not. Um, you have Keenan Allen, you have Mike Williams, and Rivers will run that offense defensively. They look absolutely improved with Bosa back. They have a, a, a defensive rookie of the year candidate in Derwin James. They're the best balance in the AFC. And going to Arrowhead, getting that win against Kansas City, doing it the way they did it, did it without Melvin Gordon, did it on the road, and did it with that two-point conversion. You just feel like it's kind of galvanized them. The thing that worries me, they have absolutely no home field advantage. Every home game they play is a road game. Um, they're this nomadic franchise. They, they belong in San Diego, but they're not there. There's no appetite in L.A. for them. The Rams have swallowed that up in the vacuum. Um, but I think right here, right now, if I go neutral field, 
which the Super Bowl is played in, and that's how we're doing the power rank, and that's how you would face an NFC team, I would take the Chargers to beat the Saints. I would take the Chargers to beat the Chiefs no matter where they play. They just beat them in Arrowhead. Uh, I would take the Chargers to beat the Bears and Rams. So your power rank, it's a big mover and shaker week, but the Rams at five, and they are on notice. They've got to counterpunch. Bears on the uptick. Chiefs kind of holding pat. Saints need to search for some answers, but are clearly superior in the NFC. And my what should be San Diego Super Chargers, the L.A. Chargers, number one with a bullet. That's the power rank. Guys, Sully here, and if you're like me, if you like having some drinks with your friends, if you like going out, having a good time, I got a new product for you I want you to try. It's Copper Craft Distillery on the west side of the state over in Holland, Michigan. And if you like bourbon, if you like gin, if you like whiskey, they have vodka as well. Also coming out, by the way, with some canned cocktails, which are awesome. It's going to be perfect for anything uh, sports-related, stadiums, tailgates, all that. But check out Copper Craft Distillery. At the very least, go see their website. They got some great, great drinks on there. What makes them so good is the fact that they will only give you their products when they're ready. You're never going to get bourbon that's not ready. Never going to get vodka that's not ready. They don't rush anything. They take their time. They do a great job. The whole team over there, Brandon, Kim, everyone is fantastic. Check out Coppercraft and ask for it in your local retailer, by the way. Ask for Coppercraft in your local liquor store, local grocery store. Try it out. See for yourself. It's really, really good. I know that you're going to enjoy it. Coppercraft Distillery. Check them out online. Coppercraft Distillery. And that's this week's episode of Always Aggravated. As always, subscribe, rate, review, share, and pass it on for us. Appreciate your guys' support. It's going great. And like I said, the goal, we get enough of it. We go to two of them a week, and we keep cranking along. Everybody have a great holiday, and we will be back with you next week.